3: Good morning, friends. You're tuned in to episode 100 of Gamer Heroes, the weekly show where this week we don't talk about anything happening in games today. Sorry. Um, This week, I wanted to do something a little special, so I reached out to some individuals who I think incredibly highly of, and I asked them a simple question. Who is your gamer hero? This is a topic that I've always wanted to do since I even first heard the name of the show uh, and started being an active participant on it, uh, I think it's always important that you at the very least give a shout out to the people who inspire you or the people who you just appreciate what they do. And a, that's super true for everybody on this list. Everyone for the rest of the episode that you will hear um, are just really, truly incredible. They do some wonderful work in games and, they're they just have been bright positive influences in my life whether or not they even know it um yeah so the the parameters for this question were just somebody that inspires you in games or somebody in the industry that like makes you feel like you should do better or inspires you to do better or just even somebody in your personal life that Maybe it's somebody you grew up with or a friend you used to have that you your life was like positively changed just through some sort of memory with them with games. I left it pretty open ended for a reason because I just wanted to see what people's kind of I, I always I'm always interested to know kind of where people came from, especially for people that I look up to. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear kind of what we have. I think all of these stories are really wonderful. And I think it really just kind of highlights the importance of being appreciative to people as often as you can. Cause uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with news a lot recently, but it's been fucking rough. Um, Things have been really out of hand and negative in a way that I it's really hard to deal with sometimes. And I, I think that shining a light on the people who do positive things and shining a light on the people doing the good and the people who are helping is really the most important, one of the most important things you can do. I get to keep talking about how wonderful and great I think all of these people are, but I feel like it'd be more interesting to just let them speak for themselves and talk about the people that inspire them. So let's go ahead and get rolling right on into
4: that.
5: Hey, everybody. Uh, This is Derek Mayer. I used to host Gamer Heroes. I was a host on the show for the first 60 episodes or so, give or take, before we moved on to the guys you know now, Thomas and Cam. So just a quick shout out. Thanks to those guys for keeping the show going up to 100 episodes, and I hope they keep it going for 100 more. Um, For those who don't know, I also own the Heroes Podcast Network that this show is a part of, and I... Co host Screen Heroes, which is our network's TV, mo- mainly film podcast. So you can go check that out. And I also co host Redshirts and Runabouts, which is our Star Trek podcast. So if you're interested in any of those kinds of things, uh, go check that stuff out. Um, I just, Cam asked me to talk a little bit about the people who inspired me in gaming. And I thought that was a cool idea. I love this concept for the 100th episode. And, um, just a little bit of background on me for those who don't know, if you listen to the, the show back when I was on it, then you already know this, but I am a Nintendo fanboy. It's true through and through. I started on Nintendo and my first non-Nintendo console was actually the Xbox when it first came out. So by then I had already had you know a, an NES, an SNES, a 64, multiple Game Boys, the OG, the pocket, the color. Um, and so I was a Nintendo guy and... While today, of course, I you know, I play Xbox games, I have an Xbox One, I have a PS4, I have a PC, of course, and I, I play everything, Nintendo's always been the catalyst for my gaming background, it really has, and... Um, you know, there's some professional people that I'm going to talk about here in just a minute, but on a personal level, um, the you know the person that really got me into to gaming from the beginning was uh, was my dad. Um, he got me a Super Nintendo when it first came out. I got my NES a little bit later. He got me a Super Nintendo when it first came out, and of course, back then it was bundled with Super Mario World. And we played a, a ton of that. But um, one game that he and I played together like all the time was uh, Turtles in Time which is the the Ninja Turtles 4 game, Turtles in Time, for the Super Nintendo. And uh, we played it all the time because it was a co-op game, right? You, you were on a team together, and we would you know take turns deciding which graphics we were going to use, right? Because there were two different versions there, and uh, we'd have our own controller set up. And um, I was usually Michelangelo, and he was Donatello. And that way we could get the high hit and the long hit. and. It was great, and um, that's that's some of like my earliest my earliest memories are, are playing that game with him. Or uh, the, the second to that would just be my older brother Wes and Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter Two. Um, that was those were the two games that I played with people, and that's what got me into gaming. And I don't know that I'd be as into it today if it wasn't for what I did playing with those guys. You know, um, that's just the truth. But uh, the three people that really I think have shaped. My concept of gaming in the 21st century are probably the three largest names in Nintendo, at least here in the United States. And of course, that's uh, Satoru Iwata, Reggie Philome, and Shigeru Miyamoto. And, um, you know, Iwata, uh, unfortunately, you know, he passed away in 2015 at the age of 55, which is really sad, but he was the president of Nintendo for 13 years um, and brought us the Wii and brought us. Um, the Wii U and nearly brought us the Switch and I know he was a part of the Switch project and basically shaped casual and modern gaming. There are people who never have played anything other than a Nintendo game and it's because of, of him and what he did with Nintendo making Nintendo oh, Really appeal to everybody. Anybody could game if you listen to Nintendo's message. Um, Miyamoto, of course, is one of the greatest of all time. I mean, this man is responsible for Mario and my personal favorite, Star Fox, Donkey Kong, uh, you know, Zelda, and just so many franchises that are the first party Nintendo titles that people think of when they think of video games. Um, you know, he's the man behind. Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild which are two of Nintendo's greatest games of all times if not two of the greatest games of all time in the modern era for sure. Um, And then of course you have Reggie who uh, he retired recently this past year but was the president of Nintendo of America and I mean this is a guy who brought a unique personality and sense of flair and fun to the video game world. One of the things that inspires me about Nintendo is their sense of fun and the fact that they're not stuffy, stuck up corporate people. Right, you get a lot of that from Microsoft and from Sony, and those are massive technology technology companies. And Nintendo's always been super weird and quirky and strange and off the cuff sounding, and they do the weirdest stuff. I mean, they do. Just watch any Nintendo Direct, watch any Nintendo presentation, watch the reveal of the Switch, for example, and it's always going to be strange and off the wall and something that you probably never thought of before. And You know, there might be an easy way to market a console or a game and there might be a simple solution to the next gen. Just up the RAM and up the CPU and, and, you know, just push the graphics and the GPU even farther. Or you could be Nintendo and be like, well, you know, what? we're going to come up with uh, HD Rumble and you're going to hear like little marbles roll back and forth in in your Joy-Con. And we're going to call it a Joy-Con. um You know, we have Amiibo and Amiibo is plural and singular and, you know, the Wii and the Wii U. And they're actually different consoles, but we're not really going to, you know, handle that as as you would say a PlayStation. Um, But these guys have shaped what video gaming is for me. And I wouldn't be the gamer I am today without them. I, of course, play all the big franchises. You know, I'm a Halo guy. I'm a Gears guy. I play Fallout and I play uh, Wolfenstein and Doom. But Mario first. I'm always a Nintendo first kind of guy. I'm always looking for that next Mario game, that next Zelda game, Mario Kart. If they can ever bring you know Star Fox back, that would that would be great too. But those are the guys. Those guys have shaped my adult life as far as gaming is concerned. And um, you know, two of the three have have moved on for obviously very different reasons, but uh, you know, Miyamoto of course is still there holding strong and I it feels like they've at least passed on their knowledge and their their core values to the next generation of of nintendo people so anyway i um, i'm looking forward to hearing what everybody else has to say about who inspires them in gaming i think there's gonna be some cool stories and i love this idea so i look forward to listening to it and i hope you guys continue to listen to the show and if you want to talk to me about gaming you can find me at the star trek dude on twitter so come talk to me because yes i am a trekkie and that's that thanks guys
6: What's up, Gamer Heroes Podcast? I'm Cody. I'm Richard. And we're from Pack of Geeks. So, Cam got a hold of us. Happy 100th episode, guys. You guys are killing it. You're running such a fantastic show, and we're so happy to be able to be a part of this episode. So, we were asked to say who our Gamer Hero is. But, before we get to who our number one Gamer Hero is... We didn't want to forget about the people from our past and our present that inspire us to be better every day. I'll start with me. So, back in the day, I would say 100% it was Kevin Rose, Morgan Webb, and DJ Wheat. They helped inspire me to be who I was then. They wanted me to get into this industry. But then the people that pushed that further along for me were Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty, reading their articles every day at IGN, gave me more of a purpose to want to do gaming media for a living, or at least as something I'd love to do. Mm-hmm. What about you?
7: Yeah, I'd have to start with X-Play, with their reviews. Uh, like, critiquing games in general uh, is always... Well, critiquing stuff in general has always been a thing for me. I always liked uh, critics for movies. Games that just really was the easiest thing for me because it's just like i play games all the time so critiquing and reviewing games would just be better and like i just loved the format that they had where they spliced the reviews with like comedy sketches or just like random stuff spread out so it like broke the show up into different segments i love that
6: and adam Sessler, morgan Webb are a hell of a duo
7: no yeah best one of the best duos i think who else you got uh, later, later on, it was like the Inside Gaming guys with like their coverage of news, basically just like showing how to be a host and like I don't know, try uh, showing how to like be good at like your job.
6: I can respect that because Bruce lives and never forget that. It's true. <laughs> but with all of that being said, we were told to choose one gamer hero, and we knew immediately when we were asked who this gamer hero was to us. Um, And just for some of you to know, that gamer hero is the Gatorade drinking, the Pug Puppy loving, the gaining followers faster than Big Draco can sell consoles on Amazon, the White Claw man himself, Snow Bike Mike.
7: Hashtag White Claw Summer 2019. You damn right.
6: So, for those of you that don't know Mike... You need to. He yeah, just that's the, the know, simplest. Find his channel.
7: It. He's got a YouTube, Twitch. Hey, twitch.tv slash snowbike Mike. Yeah. Um
6: hypest guy in the game. Yeah, one hundred percent. He Mike, if you're listening to this buddy, thank you for everything that you've done for us because it's made us better people. And it's made us better in general. It doesn't matter as people, as in media, anything. You've helped shape who we are. Now, for those of you that don't know Mike, once again, you should. Uh, not just because we think he's great, but because he's, of, just,
7: he's just a great guy. Yeah, like
6: he's fantastic, one hundred percent, one of the nicest human beings that you could ever meet.
7: He's the—I would say—he's like the perfect example of what a content creator should be, yes, and what people should inspire, ex- exp- aspire. Sorry, I can't talk. I
6: would say aspire to be and yeah. expect a content creator to be. Yes, he is absolutely fantastic Um, not only does he bring the hype everywhere he goes he brings the best positivity the nicest things to say and when he's giving you criticism he's giving it to you in the best possible way that he can and I think everybody should do that Um, for those of you that don't have the pleasure of knowing Mike or being able to call Mike a friend or an acquaintance you can and that's the beautiful thing you can 100% talk to him, he will listen, you can meet him, and he will 100% be happy with you. It's fantastic. He, when I first met him, it was 20, 2018 at yeah, it was RTX true. last year, and it was one of the nicest moments possible. Especially,
7: we, like, having heard, like, seeing him in the kind of funny, like, he was on games daily i think at Mm -hmm. that point he He did the greg miller industries takeover thing yes and then like meeting him for the first time i was just like i in my head was like he's already a celebrity to me or like someone like that and then he was just like the nicest guy so to go with that i actually just had a conversation with one of all of our mutual friends
6: and I literally just said, it's hilarious that there were people that this past year in 2019 at RTX mm-hmm. that when we were talking to Mike or texting back and forth, they were like, oh, my God, you know, I'm too even scared to talk to him. And I was like, yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. Why are you scared to talk to him? He is 100% going to be ecstatic that you came to talk to him. Yeah, He is going to be so happy that you're a fan or that you're so happy that he's moved you in some way. And I was like, never feel down about talking to him. And never feel like he wouldn't want to talk to you. Yeah. Because no matter what you think, he cares about you. And he'll know your name in that chat. He'll have seen your name somewhere, and he will remember you. That is the man that Mike is. And so, to go with that, like, when we first met him in 2018, we went to a meetup for, like, it was a kind of funny slash Snowback Mike meetup thing. And, of course, Mike was there, and he made everybody just feel welcomed. And we all got to have a nice group picture together. And then afterwards, Mike was like, y'all, let's all go back to the show floor and hang out and have fun. And we did. And to our pleasure, we got to have a wonderful interview with him. That was super awesome. And it was one of those beautiful things that an interview sparked such a beautiful friendship between all of us. And going to RTX 2019... It was one of those beautiful things that when we walked in the door, we saw familiar faces that we knew, some of our friends, some of our colleagues, and got to, like, hang out and hang – and I felt someone come up behind me, give me this huge hug, and when I turned around and saw that it was Mike, I was just like, man, it was one of the most calming moments because it was like, bro. And, like, just giving him a hug, him being like, how are you, man? We need to have a conversation. We need to talk. What are you guys doing today? What's your plan for tomorrow? It was just one of those things I was like, man – it's so wonderful that he actually cares about everybody that's here. No, and he not. he knows what company you run. He knows who you work for. He knows what you do because he remembers it. And he wants to be there for you no matter what you do.
7: Yeah. No, yeah. Just because, like, his positivity is just, like, contagious. It is. Like, like I think it was, like, Saturday I was feeling kind of... Low energy just because of being in public all the time. Yeah. And just like being around Mike, I was just like, all right, this is, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and as I sit here drinking my white claw, because like we said, hashtag white claw summer 2019,
6: boys. Y'all know what it is. All right. Ain't no right. love. So, ain't no laws when you're drinking these claws, and there ain't no laws when you're watching Snowbike Mike streams, okay? Yeah. Scoot Gang, because Scoot Gang for life. He's bringing the hype. He's bringing the positivity. He's talking about the claws, and he's, he's got talking two about cute everything, pugs, man, bro, bro. Those pugs are life. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, yeah. they out there having the best time of their life because they know their dad is one of the best people in the world, and I say that wholeheartedly, knowing that for a fact. If you go back and you watch any of Mike's coverage from E3, he did nothing but show the hype, the positivity, and the excitement that is E3. -hmm. He is the exact thing that E3 needs every year. They need someone like that to show that hype, show that love, and show that energy. And it doesn't matter if Mike's playing a horror game, if he's playing Halo, (laughs) if he's playing, you know, maybe he's playing a little NHL, maybe he's playing a little ssx it doesn't matter he's bringing the same energy to the table all the time you watch his instagram stories he's bringing the same energy it doesn't matter because a he loves what he does b he loves each and every one of you that are watching him do what he loves to do and c he's all around already just a great fucking guy oh yeah and I, I can sit here and I can ramble about how great of a guy he is all night long because Mike has done nothing but change our lives in the positive. Yeah. One of the last experiences we got to have with him this past year, outside of talking to him on a normal day-to-day basis, was at RTX, he pulled us to the side and he was like, guys, I love everything that you're doing. I know that you're going to do great things and I can't wait to see them. What are your plans for the future? and we sat there, and we stared at him blankly for a minute, and we were like, man, <laughs> we really need to think about that, yeah. and it was one of those Puss things the that, spot, man. yeah, and we were so, like, just distraught that he cared about it, but then you think about that, and you go, wait, that's Mike. He cares no matter what, yeah. and I really think that's what makes a gamer hero what they are. Uh, not to quote christopher nolan and the dark knight here (laughs) but he's the hero that we need not the hero that we deserve but as well he's the hero that we do deserve because mike 100 percent, is one of the hypest man alive one of the best human beings i've ever had the pleasure of meeting and hanging out with and i have the pleasure of being able to call him a friend and i will always cherish that
7: and I I wish there was more people like him in the world. I do too. I just
6: more content creators like that would make the world go round, but I'll be happy that we have the one like him and the ones like you guys here at gamer heroes. And I'm happy that you guys are getting to listen to this on the hundredth episode because it makes everything worth it. Cam and crew, you guys are killing it. You are absolutely one of the best podcasts on the internet at the moment. And we appreciate you letting us have this time today. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys later.
8: Hey, Gamer Hero listeners, this is Jordan from Pocketoid, your handheld and obscure video game podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host... Addison. And we just want to say congrats to Gamer Heroes on 100 episodes. That is an awesome landmark, takes a lot of work and dedication to get there, and so we want to say congrats to you guys. We were asked by Cam, who listens to our show and is a hashtag yeah. friend of the pod, <laughs> to give our... All around, good guy. ...Gamer Heroes, and uh, I think we want to do one together, because we both kind of have the same person.
9: yeah. So, we wanted to talk about our good friend Chad Conselmo, who yes. is one of the main influences and reasons why we started Pocketoid, yeah. and we, not too long ago ourselves, hit our 100th episode, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be here without him, and he's his big influence on us was doing Retro Force Go, yeah. which was a podcast that ran for 100 episodes. Yep. Each episode would focus on different retro games, and uh, you know it was coming out... Uh, around the time that the Wii Virtual Console was the biggest thing out there. And
8: Chad would review each, like, virtual console release, yeah. which was really fun. Yeah, but, back like, when
9: sh- there, there was only, you know, a few games that would come out digitally yes. a week.
8: <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Chad, like, he just has this, this aura about him that is just so incredibly positive, so incredibly wholesome. Yep. Um, he's so encouraging. And I remember on that show as well, like, his energy was just so so positive and so helpful and he even if there was a subject he didn't know much about or he didn't care about as much about he was always so encouraging of everyone else who did care about it and um, when it came to things that he was passionate about like he was just so over the top like funny and wholesome and enjoyable Uh, And that show is also completely listenable today. Oh, absolutely. You can go back and listen to Retro Force Go, like, now. Um, And Chad did a lot of awesome work within, like, the Destructoid community as well. He had a lot of awesome write-ups on retro video games and retro video game music. He did,
9: like, a lot of really interesting articles, too, that I've seen, like, other people, like, do years later. Like, I'm not saying that they tried to rip him off or anything, just that they weren't aware of it. But, like, one of my favorite things that he ever did was they... Went and like asked a psychic like all these like E3 prediction questions, and like that was such a like fun and like creative. Just goofy thing yeah. Um, that only Chad at
8: that time would have come up with. And I remember it really stuck out to me because, especially back then, this is around 2007 or eight or so, yeah. and I remember back then, like, it would always stick out to me how different Chad's voice was from other voices in the game industry and especially in the game's media back then um, because he was, once again, so positive. And he t- it's like he took his job so seriously, but he took it seriously out of, like, a this is so fun and everyone needs to know about it kind of way as opposed to, like, like not a place of insecurity. Like I want people to take this seriously, but a place of like, I'm so secure in my love of video games and the types of video games that I love that I can encourage other people and like what they love. And that's an energy that he just continues
0: to carry
10: more than once, actually.
11: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
1: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
11: Even today,
9: like yeah, I've never had anything less than like a 100% positive, uplifting uh, interaction with Chad.
8: Yeah. And he, now he's the senior PR director for Nintendo, which
9: yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And I, continues to do great work
8: there. And yeah. I,
9: yeah, he absolutely 100% has earned that position. And, I'm, yep. you know, we are super happy for yeah. him that he's able to to do this work that he, you know, so is so clearly passionate about. And it's very inspiring.
8: Yeah. And also, you know, I just want to say that uh, for me, Retro Force Go was the first, podcast i ever listened to so like that and he was you know one of the first people i ever heard on it and i think he was the first gay man in like games media that was ever like an influential li- like voice in my life you know as opposed to like most people back then working that i would listen to was a exactly, straight male yeah straight yeah. dude. Yeah, like you know and just and also was you know kind of edgy or kind of you know yeah the, your typical like the angry video game nerd type yeah, stuff on youtube back then so, yeah and like and and chad just like in an era of edgy he just he kind of cuts through with just this unrelenting positivity that is yeah. awesome. You'd have podcasts, you know, other podcasts around, not that there's anything wrong with this, but no, that, no. where they
9: would be like, oh, we're going to talk about how all the blood does a big blood time. Or like, here's then, this, here's
8: these video games that we hate and that are terrible. Like, yeah. There was a
9: lot of that back then, too. And then Chad would be like, hey, welcome to Retro Force Go. I'm going to do a uh, top ten Muppets today. And also <laughs> here's... Some, my thoughts on echo
8: the dolphin. <laughs> yeah. And like, and also he, I, I mean, his catchphrase was like, that's amazing because, because yeah. that's literally how he, like everything he talks about and everything that everyone else talks about. He, he always made it a point to drive home how amazing and like how, and make them feel validated for the things that they love. And like, yeah. I just think that's a great energy to carry forward and, in whatever you do. So. Yeah,
9: absolutely. And we were blessed to, on our hundredth episode to do a Retroforce go reunion. Yep. And it was incredible um, because of Chad's position at Nintendo, he, um, was unable to be there, but he still sent in like something to be read, mm-hmm. uh, which was read by Colette on the show. <laughs> and, uh, so he still got to be there in spirit and like, none of this would probably have happened
8: without Chad. Absolutely not. So we want to say thank you, Chad Selmo, for being our gamer hero thank you for the work that you continue to do and we want to say thank you to Cam for the opportunity to uh, be on the podcast and uh, thank you for I don't know advancing games in a cool way that makes people feel uplifted and encouraging.
9: Cam's a lot like is very similar to of always yep. because Cam is always very passionate and yes. very wholesome about the things that he loves, and he is also doing a lot of hard work.
8: Very so. positive, very uplifting person who likes to uh, signal boost people that yes. he thinks are also doing great work. And yep. So, yeah, we want to say thank you to Cam, and he's doing awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, congrats on 100 episodes. Yep. Congrats, guys. Once again, my name is Jordan. We're from pocketoid. You can find us at com or wherever good podcasts are found. Thank you as always to my friend Addison for joining me and we hope that you guys have an awesome week. Bye. Bye.
10: Hey folks, this is Thomas. I am your regular host on the game heroes podcast here with cam um, cam wanted to have a special 100th episode. And here we are talking about our gamer heroes, which I think is appropriate. Um, I have spoken extensively about my appreciation for Jeff Keeley, but I'm not going to talk about him here today because you can find other episodes where I've done that. Um, instead, I actually want to talk about uh, my friend growing up. Uh, his name was Adam. He is the guy I was introduced to so many games with uh, when I was anywhere. Well, he's my best friend up until uh, middle school-ish. Um, I'm not going to say his last name because I have not asked him if that's okay, uh, and, and in fact, we don't even really keep in touch anymore, but, but we, you know, see each other on, on, uh, social media, but he was my best friend when I was little and we played all sorts of stuff together. We played the Lion King on Sega Genesis together. That game was hard as hell. And, uh, we never actually beat it when we were little, but we came back as high schoolers, like years after we had stopped being like super close. And we, we told ourselves we wanted to try to beat this game. Well, We didn't (laughs) even as adults, we had 63 lives in that game and we couldn't figure out how to actually beat scar. Apparently there's like a trick to it. You can't just fight him. Like you fight all the other enemies in the game. Um, But for me, that represents like that journey we took represents kind of where, you know, what led me to my, my gamer life right now. It's that for me, no matter how much I like a thing, I really want to share it with somebody. The Lion King is a single player game. There's no two player anything about it. All you're doing is handing the controller off uh, with each other. But, uh, you know, that game taught me the value of playing a game, you know, even a difficult one, enjoying it for the time you're spending with your friend, not even as much about the game and then really enjoying handing off the controller. Like it wasn't always about you playing, but it was about sharing that experience with somebody. And uh, we played a bunch of other games as well. We played this racing game called Pin Pin that was kind of like Mario Kart with no items, uh, these cool environments on Dreamcast. Uh, We played Rogue Spear, uh, which is, you know, my first and really my only Rainbow Six game. Uh, We would always play that multiplayer in his basement. Um, And uh, what else did we play? We played Sonic and Tails. He was always Sonic and I was Tails. Uh, You know, he was a year older than me, so it kind of made sense. It was almost like a brotherly thing. Uh, but that kind of taught me to be a support character because Tails isn't, you know, the main man. But because of him, you know, the sum is greater than its parts because I can either sacrifice myself during a boss fight or I can get us to reach some hidden area that, you know, he would never be able to reach on his own. Uh, and and all of these things really do make me believe like the co-op stuff or like the uh, shared experiences stuff. Look at me now. I mean, I'm hosting uh, all sorts of events around Kansas City. And I just love doing that stuff with people, even like, uh, well, this will go out on Wednesday. So actually the day that this goes out, um, I'm going to have my first weekly meetup where we're focusing on single player games. And that's cool to me. Like I want more shared single player experiences because I like watching people play single player games. And, uh, you know, this stuff inspires me to be that person. Like, don't wait for somebody else to do it. I want to do it, my you know. I want to see it, so I'm going to make it happen. Um, we we did that. Uh, he invited me over to play Halo One when it came out on the Xbox, and I didn't know what the Xbox was when he told me that. Um, I remember I had been at home playing Zelda on my N64, and he, he called me over. We go over. We play what at the time was the most beautiful game I'd ever seen, and uh, uh, you know the rest was history. We we played through that single-player campaign just a million times, um, especially over one of the summers when I was younger. Uh, But we did that, and then we would play multiplayer against his brother and his friends and uh, other people online. Uh, And that was very cool because each of us was pretty good on our own, but when the two of us played together, we were way better. I mean, we would smash people because we were so used to how the other person played um, that we wouldn't even have to talk to each other and we'd be able to coordinate uh, and likewise, like I think that's what led me to my love for team games um, these days, like Overwatch and Apex Legends, stuff like that. Um, that stuff's just really exciting to me. Figuring out how not only your how your opponents play, but figuring out how to assist or learn from your teammates, or you know, to look at somebody and anticipate anticipate their next move, and figuring out where you can go, um, you know, to to help. Basically to meet meet the maximum potential that your team can meet. Um yeah. Uh so I was best friends with this guy with Adam for, you know, as young as, you know, as early as I have memory, uh up till middle school or so. And so we did drift apart, but uh, you know, I keep up I keep up with him a lot on social media and he does a whole lot of great things. I I don't want to get into his personal life too much, but he does a lot of um like nonprofit outreach. He does a lot of work with the disabled community. Um, he does a bunch of really cool stuff. And when we were growing up, um, you know, church isn't part of my life anymore, but through his family, uh, I went to a Methodist church, which basically taught me to treat people well, you know, treat people the way I want to be treated. And as far as that relates to, uh, gaming, I remember that he and I never really trash talked anybody, even his brother that much when, you know, his older brother was like four years older than us. So it would make sense that they would be better at these games than us, but, uh, uh, we if if we didn't crush them, you know, we certainly gave them uh, a run for their money. But you know, I never really wanted to trash talk very often. Um, I figured if I was good enough, we would just beat them, you know, and if we beat them enough, then they'd stop taunting us, you know, uh, kind of like if you knew better, you would do better kind of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, I really took that stuff to heart because uh, you know when when I see people just being jerks online, whether it's in a game or these days on on Twitter or Facebook, Um, that's just hard for me to relate to, uh, like I understand, I understand it, but I can't relate to it. It it just doesn't feel natural for me to, uh, want to lash out at somebody over a game. Um, especially if I have somebody around me, like it keeps me in check if my girlfriend's around because, you know, it is embarrassing to scream at someone over a microphone who you've never met and you will never meet again. Like that is... An embarrassing thing to do, but it's a lot easier to keep in check when somebody's in the room to be like, okay, <laughs> you know, to give you the side eye, you know, tell you to calm down. Um, but yeah, I just uh, basically learned all this stuff. Just like you know, be a decent person, even when you're gaming, even when you're behind a keyboard, even when you know you're anonymous and you you can afford to do those things because nobody can do anything about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Adam was a was a great dude. He continues to be a great dude. Um, and we've kind of drifted apart. And honestly, I'm still probably not going to reach out to him because we're living our own separate lives and that is okay. Um, but I, I really like to think about how my relationship with him turned me into the, uh, person I am today. And I like to think that I'm a more constructive person, uh, than, than a lot of the, well, certainly you're, you're a traditional gamer, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I do a lot of gamer projects and all this stuff and, um, anytime I see him doing outreach, I mean, shoot, there was a, uh, there's a tornado in Jefferson city, uh, earlier this year, maybe like two months ago or so, uh, totally took out this, this, uh, special needs center. Like the biggest one in the state just totally wiped it out. And, uh, Adam was out on vacation and like, I, I don't even think he was in this hemisphere and he got online. He's like, Hey, this stuff hits real close to home to me. If you're feeling charitable, here's like, here are all the reasons you should care. Here's a a link to donate. And here's somewhere else that you can share if you don't have money to donate. And, you know, seeing him share that stuff while he was totally on the other side of the planet um, is inspiring to me. And I know that obviously isn't anything directly to do with video games, but I see that passion and that um Just the the power that he instills in in others, and I want to try to do that Uh, because he's just a regular dude who really believes, like, he he believes in his convictions. And, um, yeah, I, I wish...
11: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
10: I wish I could do more of what he's doing, um, but also I wish I could see more of that in the world around me. Um, so uh, like one of his philosophies that he, he'll, you know, mention, he, he's not, uh, he, he's very humble, uh, but every once in a while he'll he'll basically say that um, it's it's not always about crushing the evil in the world, but it's about uplifting the good. And I really like that. Um, I think that that's something that we could all learn from. So yeah, uh, that's my hero, my best friend growing up when I was little and I hope that I can, uh, inspire other people the way that he inspires me.
1: What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Snowbike Mike, bringing you the hype, the high energy, the fun, and the positivity. I was asked to join this show today to answer one simple question Who is my gaming hero? And I said to myself, Who is my gaming hero? Who makes me proud to be a gamer? Who do I believe in? Who do I want to follow? Who Is that person that I look up to in the gaming world and say, you know what? That's a gamer, and that person makes me wanna be a gamer. Well, that answer for me is simple. That person is Greg Miller. You're probably asking yourself, Snowbike Mike, Mike, why Greg Miller? Well, a couple words come to mind. He's intelligent, he's passionate, he's strong, he's friendly, he's selfless, he's encouraging, and Best of all, he was the trending gamer of 2015, so shouldn't he be everybody's gaming hero? It's a simple answer, but I'll get into it right now. Of course, I found Greg Miller back in my college days when I was just a young lad looking for a dope pod to step to as I was walking to and from the college dormitory over to class, and I stumbled upon a podcast from IGN called Podcast Beyond, and each and every week, I would tune in, and I would say to myself, man... This guy, Greg Miller, is so charismatic. He's so fun. He's so entertaining. And best of all, he's so intelligent about the gaming world. And man, this guy makes me want to be a gamer. This guy makes it sound like being a gamer is truly the best thing on the planet. Because his passion for the video game industry was unmatched. And each and every week, I'd listen to that podcast. I'd become a little bit smarter. I'd learn a little bit more about the gaming industry. And most of all, I would have fun. Saying to myself, man, these are conversations, these are feelings that I have towards video games, and I wish I had a friend group that I could go out and talk to about all these subjects, all these topics, like Greg Miller and his pals are doing right now over at IGN. And back in 2015, Greg Miller bet on himself, and that's why he's one of my gaming heroes. He went out there and said, hey... I know a good couple of friends and we're going to bet on ourselves. We are going to leave a stable, safe job with a 401k health insurance benefits. I mean, Greg Miller just fought off cancer and he said to himself, I'm going to dump health insurance. What is the man crazy? No, he believed in himself. He knew there was something bigger than him and him and his friends went out there and created a content creation group called kind of funny. Were they going to succeed? Were they going to fail? We didn't know at 2015. I knew one thing as a viewer and supporter of Greg Miller. As somebody that looked up to him and his friend group he was taking with him, I said, you know what? I believe in them, and I want to check out the content they create. And Kind of Funny started off, and they created some of the best podcasts, some of the greatest daily content that you could ask for from a gaming world. Greg Miller made you believe that it was awesome to be a gamer. He made you believe that being a gamer could allow you to achieve your dreams and more because there he was, standing up at the top with all of his friends, working hard, tireless hours to become the best that they could in the content creation world. And here we are in 2019, and that company is still alive to date. That company is still growing, and they have fostered an incredible community of best friends is what they call each other of people and supporters out there that love Greg Miller and the kind of funny crew they say to themselves you know what let's be positive let's encourage one another let's see both sides of the stories let's make the right answers and the educated answers but let's also have an open and kind conversation let's not be down on each other let's not go dogpile somebody else no. Let's be positive and let's be friends here because that's what the best friend moniker is. And I believed that. I was passionate about Greg Miller and his friends from Kind of Funny's message. I felt so strongly about what they encouraged. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm always going to support this team. And I'll tell you what, Greg Miller is so selfless. When he won Trending Gamer of the Year 2015, he didn't make it about himself. He didn't make it about his 1 million followers on Twitter. No, He made it about his team over at Kinda Funny, who put in the work, who gave up all their time and their efforts to make this company great. He said, you know what? Being a gamer isn't about us on the opposite side of the screen enjoying countless hours of all these incredible video games, this art, this medium that we all love. No, it's about the people on the other side who create these video games, these pieces of art that we enjoy so tirelessly. We need to give them the love and the respect, and he went down the list. He said, you know what? I just beat Tomb Raider, and all of these people that created this game truly are the reason why I'm Trending Gamer 2015, are the reason why we have this gigantic award show, and these are the people that should be recognized, and he went down the list. He started naming off a random VX artist. He didn't even know who they were. They didn't know who he was, but he knew they were a name on the screen that went out there and created a video game that he loved. He knew that those people went out there and gave up their time, sacrificed their lives to create something we all love. And he made me believe saying, gosh, I know that there's other people out there creating the medium that I love, that I should appreciate, that I should say, hey, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for creating this video game that I love and so many other people love. Don't listen to the hate. Don't listen to the negativity because we're best friends and we want to let you know how incredible your work is. And when I say best friends, I mean Greg Miller is the friendliest man that I've ever met. Greg Miller will shake your hand. He'll give you a bear hug. He'll look you dead in the eyes and let you know how appreciative he is of just you being a supporter of him and his team and his dream of being the number one content creator, being a gamer in general. And he always is so selfless with his time. He'll sit there. He'll talk with any best friend. He'll listen to their questions, comments, and concerns. He'll make them feel valued and appreciative. And I'm just so in awe of Greg Miller's friendliness. And he's so encouraging as well. Me, I can speak firsthand of how encouraging and empowering Greg Miller is. I'm somebody who believed in Greg Miller and the kind of funny mantra and I'm somebody who believed in Greg Miller and the kind of funny crew. I'm somebody who went out there, put myself out there and said, Greg, I want to do this. I want to become the next Greg Miller, but I want to be better. And I want to learn from you, but I want to take the throne. And He said, Snowbike Mike, just like I tell all the best friends out there, I'll empower you. I'll encourage you to the day that I'm gone and we'll get you up there. And here I am, living proof that Greg Miller will believe in anybody, will empower anybody. He takes people with small voices, small communities, small audiences, and puts them up on the largest stage that they could ever ask for. In front of thousands, billions, millions, anything that you could ask for. And he encourages you to go out there and be the best, like he's done for me and countless other small content creators. And I wouldn't be where I am without Greg Miller, his selflessness, and that whole team at Kind of Funny for encouraging and believing in me. They let me come down and host Kind of Funny games daily. They let me come down and host Kind of Funny prom. They let me come up to PAX West and go host a panel with Greg Miller and Shoutcast, which is one of my dreams in the gaming world. Greg Miller is the man. Greg Miller is my hero. Greg Miller is my friend. And Greg Miller will always be my gaming hero. So thank you, Greg, for being incredible. Thank you to you and your team down at Kind of Funny for bringing a message that I can believe in, that others can believe in, and we can rally behind. Thank you, Cam, for having me on this show and for allowing me to answer who my gaming hero is. It's your boy, Snowbike Mike, saying and answering the simple question, who's my gaming hero? Greg Miller. Trending Gamer of 2015. Kinda Funny Crew member. An overall incredible human being.
4: Hey guys, my name is Joseph and I'm a host on Player Player, a video game podcast. And I'm here to talk about my gamer hero. Now when Cam hit me up, I thought about his question a lot. Who is my gamer hero? Let me think. Okay, I got it. Is it Tom Taylor, aka T-Squared? The competitive Halo legend that stoked my flames of excitement for one of my favorite gaming franchises of all time? Not quite, but shot to that guy. Like what is he even what is he even doing these days? Somebody look up Tom Taylor, aka T Square on the internet and see what he's doing. But why you're doing that? Let me think again. Got it. Is it Tim Geddes or Greg Miller? Two entrepreneurs that dove headfirst into creating one of the most passionate gaming communities I've ever had the honor of being a part of. Not quite, but Definitely, definitely shout out to Kind of Funny. I was very close to going that route, but ultimately I pivoted. Okay, is it Bernie Burns, Ken Levine, Reggie fils Larry Herb, Corey Barlog? All of these people contributed to my gaming identity, but in the end, it didn't make sense for me to call any one of these guys my gamer hero. Ultimately, I figured it out. My gamer hero is my mom, but not because she taught me everything I know about games or anything. Quite the opposite, actually. She doesn't play video games at all. Shocker there. My mom is my gamer hero because she always supported and enabled me to spend time enjoying a hobby I love. Now, I've prepared a couple anecdotes for you, just just some off the cuff, uh, ad libbing anecdotes, and you guys will, I'm sure you guys will understand why she's my gamer hero at the end of this. So, first and foremost, the the earliest some of the earliest memories I have of video games is going to Blockbuster on a Saturday or Friday night, picking up a game and having that bad boy for seven days before I had to return in that little, that little library slot thing that Blockbuster had. So, you know, shout out to my mom, because obviously I didn't own a Blockbuster card. I don't know what age you needed to get those things, but I was not that age. Um, I was able to play Flintstones Bowling, you know, on my PlayStation. Looking back on it, that game doesn't, doesn't hold up great, but hey, it was an awesome time. Shout out to my mom for picking that up. I remember one time when I was in the third grade, I had a birthday party at school and my mom surprised me with an Xbox and dang, I feel bad for anybody that was in my third grade class. Cause Hey, your, your friend pulls up, uh, throws a party. First of all, you guys are getting fed. So I guess you shouldn't be that mad, but your friend pulls up and his mom buys him an Xbox. I'd be jealous. My mom got me shark tail with that Xbox and Probably one of the worst games ever made, but shout out for her encouraging me uh, to to play games once again in third grade. Also, shout out to Blinks the Time Sweeper. Also got that from Blockbuster. It was a good time. Not related to my mom. I just wanted to give a shout out to that game.
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: So moving forward, you know, Pokemon, a staple in every kid's childhood. Uh, me, and, me and my mom had had quite the run uh, with some of these Pokemon games. The first I can remember is Pokemon Stadium. I remember seeing that commercial. I was so excited. Pokemon battles. I mean, even to, to this day, the idea of Pokemon Stadium is awesome. You know, I saw that whole commercial and I saw Rated E for everyone. So I said, Mom, please, please, we got to get Pokemon Stadium. Please, can we go to Walmart? Shout out to Walmart one time. Haven't been to a Walmart in I don't know how long, but I digress. I was like, please, Mom, we got to get Pokemon Stadium. So she said, OK, no questions asked. Maybe she asked questions. If she did, I don't remember them. She took me to Walmart and I go to the guy and I say, hey, You know, I'm really, I'm really excited to get Pokemon Stadium. Could I please get Pokemon Stadium for PlayStation? And the dude's like, uh, yeah, it doesn't come on PlayStation, sir. It's, it's Nintendo only. And I said, no, you're wrong, sir. I am, I don't know, eight years old at this point. I say, no, you're wrong because on the commercial, it said E for everyone. How could it be E for everyone if it's only for Nintendo? I stumped him. He, of course, uh, knew I was an idiot. And he said, sorry, man, you can't have it. I was super upset. I was devastated. Of course, this is one of the coolest Pokemon games ever at the time. Uh, And my mom saw my sadness. She was able to get me a Nintendo 64 eventually. And I was able to finally play Pokemon Stadium. And I still have that game to this day. So shout out to mom for that. Once again, Pokemon. Fire Red and Leaf Green are dropping. We go to the store. I remember I get the Primera Guide because I wanted all the little secrets for the game i wanted to know everything and so we get there and i'm like okay which one do i get easy like everybody knows you get both so i told my mom let's get both of them she said sure let's do it for some reason because i think this is this this story is mostly about me bamboozling my mom sorry mom uh we got both of them and very shortly after i realized these are the same game there's there's barely anything different about them and i i 90% Ninety percent percent sure we went to that GameStop, returned Leaf Green, and I got my mom's money back. I I pray that that's what happened, but you know, shout out for my mom once again, enabling me to enjoy games even though I don't really know what's going on at this age. One more time, fifth grade, we took a trip to Washington D.C. You know, great trip. My mom was actually a chaperone on the trip. It was a good time. It was it was a fantastic time. We went to the Smithsonian. We Went to the White House. I'm pretty sure it was it was a great, grand old time. On the way back from uh, with this Washington D.C. trip, I'm having a great time playing Pokemon Diamond, uh, and I lose it. Lose it on the bus. I'm sure I left it through the lost it in the seats of the charter bus or whatever. It's just gone. Now, you know, any sensible parent would say, "Hey, you're a dumb kid. Y'all need to be playing these games." Like I don't care. You're not getting another copy. Not my mom. Shout out to her. She came in clutch with a second copy of Pokemon Diamond, and you know, I you know, it's such a small thing, but I remember that to this day. You know, I remember these things. I remember these things to this day. Once again, these these stories are primarily about me being stupid and my mom like enabling me to to keep playing games for some reason. Uh, another birthday. You know, I think at summer camp or something, we had played 2K and I was like, wow, I don't really watch basketball, but this game is kind of fun. I kind of want to pick this up. So I tell my mom, you know, hey, I want I want 2K. I didn't I didn't say that those words quite exactly, but I gave her my little birth birthday wish list. Right. Here comes my birthday. My mom pulls up with once again, coming clutch with a game. There it is. MLB the show. And I'm like, this is baseball, mom. This isn't what I want because I'm a brat. I'm like, this is not what I asked for. And she says, you literally put down MLB on your birthday wish list. And I'm like, yeah, I put down MLB, Major League Basketball. And she's like, No, that's that's not what that stands for. Once again. Once again, I, I'm I'm losing my mind. E for everyone doesn't mean that, you know, it's on every console. MLB doesn't mean Major League Basketball. So what 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 am I doing? I don't know but my mom once again coming in with the support did I get 2k actually in this case I never got 2k but honestly I didn't deserve it and my mom knew that so shout out for her recognizing that I didn't deserve uh uh, 2k that year once again my mom had a strict rule no no m games until you're old enough you know she was very strict about this rule as as much as she enabled me to play games she was very smart about the ESRB ratings and she said no m games uh i don't want you playing that mature content understandable shout out to you mom for definitely regulating uh what i could play like a good parent always should do um but this was the time like i said tom taylor t-square was tearing up the competitive halo scene i was in love with this game you know i was super excited to get an xbox 360 and all i wanted to do was play halo so halo 3 right around the corner it's the holiday season I say please, 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 mom. Can I get Halo Three? Here it comes December twenty-fifth. Uh, I go downstairs. I don't actually. We we were only a one one floor home, but I went to the Christmas tree. I uh, woke everybody up. I said, "Let's let's um unwrap gifts." And there we have it, Halo. I saw the I saw the lettering Halo. I was so excited. There we go, Halo Two. You know couple late couple years late but i didn't care i would never had a halo game before shout out to you mom and she didn't just get me halo 2 like oh you know halo 3 was sold out couldn't get it let me just get you this halo 2 merry christmas no she got me the collector's edition the 10 the 10 case which honestly if i don't get halo 3 halo 2 is the the collector's edition i was pumped not only that Experiencing Halo 2 was a must at the time. It still is. Like, Halo 2 is a classic, and I'm so grateful for my mom uh, picking it up instead of Halo 3. I eventually got Halo 3 and it was all great, but hey, I also got to play Halo 2 as well. Continuing on the Halo trend, my mom once again, when I was a kid, took me to the midnight premiere of Halo Reach. One of the, I think, probably one of the only midnight premieres I've ever been to. I might have been to a console launch, but I'm pretty sure Halo Reach. Was was like the sole game midnight launch I went to. So shout out to my mom for providing me with that experience. She didn't let me go by myself because how would I have gotten there? Also, being out at midnight, you know, with strangers, not not the best idea. So shout out for my mom uh, in that regard for enabling me in that case. And once 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 more, we got the connect. We got the connect for the Xbox 360. And guess what? Me and my mom tore up that dance floor playing Dance Central on Christmas Day and the day after and the day after. And there we go. My mom doesn't even play games. Don't don't mention Wii Sports because, you know, she picked up the sticks on that one and had to show somebody a little son, son. You know what I'm saying? Did she beat me? Maybe. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about why my mom is my gamer hero. And if you guys haven't noticed a trend here, like growing up, you know, with video games being my passion Like, me being stupid, me not understanding the industry, the ESRB ratings, major league basketball, with me not understanding any of these, you know, me being stupid. Sure, I was spoiled. People can say I was spoiled. That was, you know, and I'm very fortunate to be in the position I was in. But shout out to my mom being a single mom. Like, gaming is not a cheap hobby. But time and time again, she went out of her way to support me. Uh, and and encourage me to enjoy gaming and enjoy that hobby. And that's why I'm here today. So at, at the end of all of this, the moral of the story is without her continued support during my childhood, I don't believe my passion would be as strong as it is today. It's so important to encourage kids to spend time with things they're passionate about and give them the chance to eventually turn that passion into something tangible. So shout out to you, mom. You're my gamer hero because even though you say Pokemans, You are the reason I'm deeply entrenched in the video game community today. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you guys for listening to me. Like I said, my name is Joseph and I'm a host on the Player Player, a video game podcast. Podcast? (laughs) And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll come back on the show again. Thanks.
2: My name is Rebecca Valentine. I'm a staff writer at gamesindustry.biz. I have did freelance work across the industry at various uh, gaming and tech sites for four years before that. I cook video game foods, and I'm a member of the Super Deformed Games Cast as well. When I graduated college, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. I had an English degree and a philosophy degree and had no idea what to do with them. And I did some boring technical writing for a few years. I wrote for a nonprofit, but I had no concept that I was going to end up writing about games. And I ended up writing for this little blog called Games I did, um, just kind of on a whim because I wanted to do something creative with my brain um, after work because technical writing is boring. And there, there was this fantastic um, editor, uh, Daniel George, who was there, and he... I guess saw something in me because he let me write on his site. Um, But he took a chance on me, despite the fact that I had no like games blogging experience. And over the four years that I worked there and, you know, originally started as a staff writer and ended up being his co-editor. He did so much to uplift me and to teach me and to edit me and to make me the writer that I am today. And also to inspire me in a way that made me end up wanting to be in this industry. Um and he was really important to me. And we also had an entertainment director. Uh he was above Daniel and I, uh Nick Tilwock, who was there and he similarly, you know uplifted me and encouraged me and gave me advice and gave us direction when we needed it and when the time came that I wanted to branch out into freelance writing he gave me a recommendation even though I had never done I had done contract work at GameSided which later became AppTrigger I had never done any freelance work before and so he gave me a recommendation that panned out and he took a chance on me, and so did the editor of the place that he ended up recommending me to, GameZeebo. Uh, Jim Squires there took a chance on me, and that was an opportunity that let me develop my writing further. I learned how to get better at writing uh, quick hit guides and things like that. I got a lot of knowledge about the mobile space, and that ended up being really important to me. Um, I've similarly had people take chances on me at places like Mobile Nations, where Russell Holly and Lori Gill took a chance on me, again, despite having very little freelancing experience, um, and they ended up you know, teaching me a lot about SEO and a lot about, um, again, about guides writing, um, giving me a space to write about things that I didn't normally get to write about in other spaces, and that was really important to me. I had Annie Bundle over at Culturus take a chance on me because even though I could write about games at that point, I had never done any kind of feminist critique before, and Culturus is very much a feminist website. And she gave me a space to sort of, you know, figure out why that was important to me and what that meant to me. And so I got to write there because of her and she uplifted me and she helped me out. Tim Barabo at Wirecutter um, took a chance on me. I had never done any kind of, you know, tech writing before any kind of like, really in-depth guide analysis, like the stuff that they do at Wirecutter. And he saw my writing and decided that I would be a good freelancer. And over the course of two pieces, gave me just piles and piles of good edits and good advice. And when it was all over, even though this wasn't game-related, um, he and I talked. And he encouraged me to, if I wanted to succeed in games, to branch out beyond just games and use you know, my research skills and my writing skills to find a voice in other places too. And that would make me a stronger writer on the whole when I came back to games and he was right. And that was amazing advice that he totally took a chance on giving me. I could talk about um, Amanda Farrow, uh, who at the time you know, was encouraging me to apply for things and to put myself out there and who ended up giving me the right advice, which was to take the job at Games Industry when it was offered to me. Um, and who, in the meet, before that happened, uplifted a lot of my freelance writing and you know, helped me see that I was good at what I did and see that my work was worth something. Um, or you know, just, just games industry in general, like literally everybody there every single day. Uh, my editor Brennan Sinclair, my colleague Hayden Taylor, James Batchelor, Matt Handrahan, Chris String, every single day these people uplift me. Um, they give me advice, they give me encouragement, they critique my work. Um, they remind me that what I am, that I am good at what I do. And it's okay to say that out loud that I am good at what I do because it's so easy to put myself down and to shrink what I do. It's so easy for anybody to shrink what they do. And it's so important to have people around you who will remind you that no, you are good and valid and the stuff that you do is worth something. Um, so all these people I've sat here and just like rattled off like this, this massive list of people and. I could go on. There are so many others. I have forgotten half of them. I always forget different ones every single time, and I feel so bad. But that's just because of the sheer magnitude of people who have been heroes to me, who have uplifted me, and who have helped me do things in this gaming space. And I wanted to talk about as many of them as possible to highlight that. Because this, the gaming space in general, whether you're a streamer, whether you're a developer, whether you're a writer, whether you're just, just involved in it as some kind of content creator or anything at all, it's really hard to break into and make a mark. Like it's, it's really, really challenging. And you could make some of the best content in the world, but the internet is so saturated with things that if people don't see it, if you don't have someone to... Reach out and lift you up. It can it can be really hard, and that's not that's not like the end all be all, right? Like you know, th- there are, there are other ways to you know make your way in, but I do think that if you're in a position where you can lift people up, where you have a visibility, you can see new content getting made, you can see new people, you know, kind of th- their budding talents, their. Uh, they're just starting out. If you can see those people and you can like reach out your hand and say, Hey, what you do is good. Let me give you a platform. Let me give you a space. Let me give you advice. Let me give you, you know, just, just some little leg up, some uplifting thing. Uh, if you're in a space to do that, that's, that's so important. And I have had no shortage of people in my life who have done that for me. And I'm now fortunately beginning to be in a position where I will be able to do that for other people. And I want to because like this ever growing list of people, like I'll just have this continuous list my entire life of people who have lifted me up. I will never be able to repay that to them. They are, they are already just miles beyond me. Um, You know, there's very little I could do to lift them up um, most likely. But if I can turn around and lift other people up after me, paying it forward is how I can demonstrate that I am grateful to them. And so whether you are, whether you're in games or not, whatever space you are in, if you are in a position where you can turn and lift people up, please consider doing that. Please consider looking out for people, especially marginalized voices, um, just people who are, you know, doing good work, who just have not been seen yet and give them a hand. Um, Cause that could be anything from a really meaningful moment to them to something that changes their lives entirely.
12: I'm Nathan, aka Two Headed Giant on Twitch, and I think my gamer hero would probably have to be Satoru Iwata. From starting off working on Balloon Fight to working at HAL to Earthbound to Pokemon Gold and Silver uh, to being the president of Nintendo, Satoru Iwata was always, for lack of a better term, really chill. The gaming industry at large is really secretive and can come off as cold and mean sometimes especially to its workers. But Satoru Iwata was always the opposite of all those things. He was inclusive, he was kind, and he was damn good at his job, too. Uh, The example I always like to give is that Earthbound was being worked on for a number of years, and it just was not coming together. And he approached the team and said, look, you guys can put in two more years of time uh, to make this game... Uh, decent or we can start from scratch and I can help program it and we can make it great in that amount of time Um, and he also is was integral in making sure that the Kanto region was in Pokemon Gold and Silver which was one of the best parts of that game and as president of Nintendo uh, he had this series of videos that he would do called Iwata asks where he would talk to developers and ask questions and it really humanized creators in the industry uh, in an industry where where you're kind of just given the game you're given and that's it. Uh, you don't know who's behind it. You don't know their story. But Iwata was so integral in bringing that conversation forward. And, you know, today we talk about the Kojimas of the world or the Cory Barlogs of the war of the world. But I think that Satoru Iwata really helped move that conversation forward. Infamously, uh, the Wii U didn't do very well as a console, Um, and during that time, instead of laying off employees or giving pay cuts to employees at Nintendo, Iwata took a pay cut himself, ensuring that nobody would have to lose their job. And this ensured that even though while the Wii U was struggling, they were able to continue to make quality software for the system for the people that did buy it. And I think that's a lesson that a lot of higher ups in the video game industry could take to heart. Iwata was always at the forefront of all of the Nintendo Directs. He was the one that was talking to you, the president of the company, talking to you directly. It was always a really cool thing to say, oh, no, hey, I know that guy. He's really cool. He's really nice. Oh, he's the president. It all contributed to Nintendo having that Nintendo vibe to it. The fun videos, the fun presentations, um, the little goofs and skits he would do with different employees or like, you know, Mario in in a costume or something like that in between announcements of video games. I thought it was really cool and fun and just really in that Nintendo spirit. Iwata was there making games for Nintendo from the very beginning with Balloon Fight and... The only thing that stopped him from working at Nintendo was his untimely passing. He worked on the Switch. He worked on many different things that we probably haven't even seen come out yet in terms of planning stages and, and, you know, putting teams together and things like that. And though the, the company has restructured in his absence, his influence is still felt in the company and his loss was a tremendous loss felt by everybody in the gaming industry as a whole so that's why satoru iwata is my gamer hero he was at his heart a gamer even though he was a programmer a president a front-facing personality of a company um he never ever lost sight of what he was working to be in service of which was games and the people who love to play games so that's it for me thank you
13: Yo, what's up? My name is Blessing Adioye. Um, I am from a website called Um, I want to give a shout out to Cam Koenig for inviting me to be a part of what he's doing here. Um, Cam reached out and asked me uh, to essentially talk about um, my gaming hero, somebody who's had an impact on me um in my I guess gaming lifetime um and yeah I'm I'm, I'm recording this like right now right after I just finished like an hour and a half stream have I been drinking the answer is yes um and so this is gonna be a fun one um but first of all yeah thank you cam for reaching out to me um i am sorry that i'm getting this to you partly drunk um but that's what you get when you sign up uh, a blessing at idea to, to record a thing for you um of course i'm from a website called okabeast.com uh we essentially do content uh covering video games and nerd culture we do podcasts videos all that stuff uh, if you're familiar if you're um, interested in seeing um what we do check out okabeast.com uh um, youtube.com slash okabeast if you're curious at all um but without further ado let me not delay it with more plugs um the person I want to shout out for this segment um is a person who none of y'all probably know um it's a dude named Addison now Addison isn't part of the gaming industry he's not a game developer he's not part of the games media um he's just a dude from Illinois Um, so I grew up in Illinois. Um, I, I spent the first 21 years of my life in a town called Champaign, which is known as a college town. It's like a whatever town, right? Like it's not Chicago. It's not, um, it's not any major, major sort of city. It's just a town called Champaign. Um, I grew up there, uh, and it was central Illinois. Um, I grew up a kid, um, in just a random neighborhood in a town called Champaign, Illinois. And in the same neighborhood was um, a boy named Addison who I grew up with and um I used to go all over to his house all the time because we were both like neighborhood kids. We'd probably met up like while going fishing in the neighborhood lake or like riding bikes or something, like, I I don't know how I met Addison, I've known him for as long as I can remember, um, we ended up going to the, to the same high school, actually, uh, which was really fun, but Addison was just, like, a dude who, um, wanna hang out with, um, but two, I would go out, I'd, I'd go over to his house all the time, right, and as, as I'm reaching to the furthest depths of my memory, right, I, I remember playing Super Nintendo at his house. Um, growing up, the first console I remember having was an N sixty four, right? And so at that time, I had imagined, I'd imagine it's like nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. I was born in I was born in nineteen ninety four, right? And so by. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. <sighs> computer solitaire
11: huh ah <sighs> oh, sorry we were looking for chumba Casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com website details it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohoo! A hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five. But if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait! Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Nineteen
13: ninety nine. I was five years old. By two thousand, I was six. And around this time i had an n64 with like mario 64 on it and dk64 right addison had a super nintendo with the um the that um the the disc or not disc it was the cartridge at this time the cartridge that had all the mario games on it you know what i'm talking about like super mario all-stars essentially and mario world he had that um he had that and he had um street fighter i think it was super street fighter 2 or whatever um and a couple of other Super Nintendo games but th- those were the main ones that he had that kind of opened my eyes to a thing that I didn't realize existed because for me as a kid that like grew up with um uh, Mario 64 and DK64 and Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey I was exposed to a certain type of video game I played those games growing up um but when I went over to Addison's house he exposed me to a different type of Mario game and a different type of uh like he's actually just exposed me to super nintendo which i didn't realize was a thing and i'll i remember i remember like picking up a controller to play street fighter and being like oh this is awesome um that kind of that kind of experience blew my mind seeing mario world for the first time blew my mind and that's the thing that i can thank addison for for exposing me uh to and that's just the beginning for addison and so as i grew up i grew up um I kept hanging out with Addison, right, and as a kid who, my parents, my parents didn't necessarily, like, keep up with video games, they weren't, they didn't necessarily, like, buy me the new consoles as the new consoles were growing, were, uh, were coming out, and so, like, growing up, the, uh, I essentially went on, like, for years without getting the PS2 or the GameCube or the Xbox, right, even though, like, it was 2000, it was the year 2000, going on to 2001, going on to 2002, going on to 2000, 2003. Um, I still just had an SD four, but you know who had a PS two? Freaking Addison! Addison has P- had a PS two. I'm sorry for the drunkness, y'all. Addison had a PS two. Um, and so I continue going on a- going over to Addison's house, and he had a PS two. And out he would expose me to games like, um, uh, GTA three, which blew my mind. GTA Vice City, which blew my mind there were more games that you showed me which blew my mind but eventually i did get a ps2 right i got a ps2 in like 2003 2004 ish um which is a little bit later on and actually I, I guess that was like a few years into the life cycle it wasn't that late but it, it felt late to me because addison had one from jump and so um i guess by 04 right um there was there, there was a time span in which we both had ps2s and addison i'll go over to addison's house and i'll look at his his like library of games And in my, in my mind i was like man addison has like a gigantic li- and this is we're both in elementary school still by 2003 i was in third grade um 2004 2004 i'm pretty sure is that that's when i got the ps2 i would have been in fourth grade um and so like i would look at his game library like oh man this is insane like his game library is insane in reality he had probably like 15 to 20 games um but every time i'd go over to his house um or maybe not every time but a lot of time i'll go over to his house i'll look at his game library and i'd be like hey like can i borrow this game like would you let me borrow this game cuz this game looks awesome um and like legit like all the time he would just let me borrow his games and I know, like, a lot of us ha- here have friends that would let us borrow their games, but a lot of us, like, you know, like, that's a big thing, you know, letting somebody, letting, letting a kid borrow, like, borrow a whole game for a week or whatever it was, right, and I'm, su- I'm pretty sure there was a certain point in which I borrowed every single one of Addison's games, uh, because his game library was crazy, my game library wasn't that crazy, because at the time, I had, um, I had Spider-Man 2, and that might have been it, like, as far as, far as like, the great PS2 games of the time, Spider-Man 2, um, um, Tony Hawk Underground 2, um, Burnout 3, but I think I'd played Burnout 3 at Addison's Place before I decided that I wanted to Burnout 3 for myself, like, there were a lot of, essentially what I'm trying to drive, drive at here is that a large part of my PS2 library was influenced by, um, By Addison's games library like Addison had the games that made me understand the type of games that I wanted right I played Burnout 3 at Addison's house which which made me realize like oh Burnout 3 is awesome I need this game that's what led me uh into getting Burnout 3 over at my place right but like the games that I borrowed from Addison's um from Addison's uh collection um are what really influenced me as a gamer as a whole right and so I I ended up borrowing um San Andreas from his place, I brought, I think I brought actually every game. Theft Auto came from his place for the PS2, um, I ended up borrowing Shadow of Colossus from his place, I ended up borrowing, um, Metal Gear Solid 3 from his place, God of War 2, I think, uh, from his place, um, a lot of these, like, incredible, incredible, incredible games, so the ones I want to focus on, um, right now are, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, and Shadow of the Colossus, because I borrowed those from him at the same exact time. Also, I'm now I'm not remembering. I think I borrowed Scarface from him too, which actually wasn't that great of a borrow. But digressing, right? Metal Gear solid three and Shadow of the Colossus. I borrowed those during the same week. And those were the two games that kind of changed my whole kind of perspective as a gamer, I guess. Because I got those, um, I brought them home. I think I played Metal Gear Solid 3 first um, because, like, I think that was the one where I was like, okay, this looks cooler. This got guns. I understand it, right? And um, the, that game just changed my whole perspective. On what I think I kind of understood video games to be, because up up until that point, right, the games I had played, I gotta remember, I grew up with the N64. I then went on to get a PS2, but like I played games like Spider Man and I played games um like Tony Hawk and WWE, right? And so I I pretty much understood games as sort of being like this gameplay experience, Mario, Donkey Kong, all this stuff, right? These were games you played for the gameplay. There weren't games that necessarily held a story that would like engage you and kind of um, uh, make you engage with the characters and make you fall in love with the world and all that stuff, right? Metal Gear Solid 3 was a game that I played that <laughs> kind of got me into like um, politics and got me into characters and got me into relationships and got me into being like, oh man, like the boss means something to Naked Snake in this game, right? Um, the journey from Snake to being like just, like, this dude, right, this soldier, to becoming big boss, right, like, this was a thing that blew my mind, um, and that was a, that was a thing that I appreciated, and that was a thing that really, like, stuck with me as a kid, um, and that was, like, a gaming experience that kind of changed me, right, and then immediately after I popped, like, immediately after I beat that game, I popped in Shadow of Colossus, and if, Metal Gear Solid 3 exposed me to what games could be as a storytelling medium. Shadow of Colossus exposed me to what video games could be as a work of art where i started playing shadow colossus and i was like okay cool i had no idea i'd never heard of shadow of colossus i had no idea what that game was going to be and i started playing it right and i get to the first colossus that you're supposed to take out if you're unfamiliar with shadow colossus by the way i know i'm not really explaining what the games are right you should know what metal solid solid is at this point um shadow colossus right is a game where you you have to take out these 16 gigantic um creatures but the the way the game's kind of laid out and the way the game is kind of like set up right like it's a very artistic very like serene kind of experience where you kind of don't it kind of gives you a little setup it's very minimalistic in what's happening but like it has very much a, a large impact um uh during and so like I get to the first Colossus, I take it out and I was like, "Wow, that was incredible." And then I get to the second, then I get to the third, then I get to the fourth and then kind of understand, start to understand what this game is and legit like it kind of opened my eyes to like, "Wow, this game is is something else from what it is trying to I guess articulate as being an experience. Um I know that sound that might sound very like pretentious, or very, like, making things out of nothing, like, I don't know, but I, I, all I remember is that, like, all I remember is the emotional impact that I had at the time playing the game, and something that I'd never really experienced before, because I was, like, wow, this is, one, a game of purely bosses, which is the first time I've, I've played, like, a boss rush game like that, right, two, this is a puzzle game, three, this is a game that but visually it's just stunning audio wise like one of the greatest soundtracks i've ever heard in my life right like i had all these different elements kind of feeding into it that i think like for me um kind of fed into like this one cohesive work of art that i just never experienced before and that's all those are all things that i have Addison to thank for, right? Like Addison was the one that let me borrow these games. Addison was the one that put me onto these things. Addison was the one that let me come over. And really, like, every time I came over like like he was the one where like he was one of those friends where I would go over to his place and just like sit down and just watch him play video games. Like he was that friend, right? And at the time I was kinda just like, whatever, man, like I wanna play. Like, let me play, let's play some two player games, right? But really, like I really didn't like um give him enough credit for um putting me on uh to these games and so that's why I wanted to give a shout out to to, um um I was gonna say Alex like Alex Vanneken that's why we're gonna shout out to Addison um and yeah thank you again again Cam for letting me do this (laughs) drunken rant um, on your podcast, I appreciate you. Um, of course, uh, I'm blessing Adiolya. I don't know if I introduced myself. If I didn't introduce myself, sorry. I'm blessing Adiolya from Okiebeast.com. I'm editor in chief, soon to be on KindofFunny.com. You know, hey, look at me, because Kind of Funny soon up-and-comer what up prom king um of course uh thank you again cam everybody um if you if you're listening to this right now cam don't edit this out everybody tweet at cam Konic. tell him that he's the best tell him that he's awesome tell him that he's great um and all that good stuff let him know how awesome he is um and yeah that's it thank you again peace out
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, my name's Cam. You heard me at the start of the episode. Uh, I am one of the co hosts of Gamer Heroes, which is the show you are listening to right now. Hopefully, you know that you're listening to it right now, and some asshole isn't just listening to this on a speaker in like a train or something. But hey, thanks for hanging out. Um, if this is your first, first episode, welcome. It's good to have you. Um, and if not, then hopefully, you kind of know who I am by now. Um, I'm very much somebody who's I like to try and make sure people feel as appreciated as possible. And I like to keep things as positive as possible. And whenever I asked everybody on this episode who their gamer hero was, it was really hard for me to figure it out for myself. Even um, I feel like I could have gone the very easy route and picked just really anybody on this episode. Cause everybody in this episode is great and you should absolutely be consuming their content or paying attention to them or whatever it is that they do. But I, I I was trying to think back to something that seemed a little bit more profound. And I think I'm going to go like way, way back here, which after having listening to some of these responses seems to be a bit of a common thre- common trend, which is super cool. I, I think that's really interesting. I like hearing stories about people that I have no clue about, but Uh, for people who have known me for, since I was a child, this one's probably going to come as a bit of a surprise, but my gamer hero is my little brother. Um, he and I pretty much, we had a very tense past. I would say we never got along for a while. And I don't know if this was just kind of some sort of extreme case of sibling rivalry. I, I, I felt like I was just kind of always at like the butt of some of these jokes and, it, it, it wasn't a very loving growing up relationship for sure. Um, but that kind of started to change a little bit once I got into high school and around 2007, which was whenever we got an Xbox 360 for Christmas. And this was like kind of right after the first time I had played Halo three at a friend's house. And it was the first time I had ever played a console game against other people over the internet. And it blew my fucking mind. Um, it, it was just this really neat and exciting thing like I had always just really been into games but uh, this was the first time that I really kind of saw my world just open up but that's this story is not about me discovering the internet which I had already discovered but the story is about me and my brother playing games together so we didn't we were one of the houses back then that did not have wireless internet. And we didn't, this was back whenever the 360 required the wireless adapter. So they didn't come with a Wi Fi card built in just out of the box. You had to go and pay for however much it was, it's been a minute, to actually get something like that running. And so what we had to do is we would have to take the modem that was running directly into the computer. Like this was pretty like a few years, maybe after we had just gotten like DSL for the first time and excuse me, not DSL cable internet. What am I talking about? Um, And my mom just really hated the idea of us just constantly having to unplug the computer from the internet in order for us to just play our games. And since we had that such limited time of the limited time of being able to stay connected. We really only could stay connected whenever my mom was just not home because my dad didn't really use the computer at all. Or we had to just like work out time with my parents, uh, which almost never worked because they would always view their things as a little bit more important than, you know, playing halo on the internet, which I honestly can respect, especially since I've gotten older. But since we had to do that, uh, our time with it was limited so to get the most out of it we would play split screen together online and it was kind of the first time that my brother and I had really sat down and just like shared moments together playing a game and it was something that he was into and it was something that I was into and around then that was just straight up impossible like it we never saw eye to eye on literally anything and we never could get along or agree to share a whole lot of shit because you know how teenage boys get but we were just kind of like coming out of a phase of just really being almost at each other's throats a whole lot it wasn't really a great relationship but we we had halo together and it just kind of turned into our thing like uh we just sat down and would just, he would want to play and I would want to play at the same time. So we would just hop onto my Xbox live profile and we would just play Halo together. Playing Halo with my brother exposed me to just how good of people his friends were too. It was, I was always just really surprised at the time of how much fun I was having hanging out with all of his friends that would just periodically show up and sleep on my fucking floor in my room and, I would just wake up and they'd be there, but like we would all just play Halo. It's just something to do. just like pass the time. And it was really, really great. I kind of lumped them all together in the same umbrella that I lumped my brother in at the time of, I just thought they were super annoying. Uh, And that was just because I thought my brother at the time was incredibly annoying. Um, But as the time went on, uh, we kind of found ourselves playing Halo a little bit less and less and moved on to things like call of duty four had gotten really big at that point. So we spent a good amount of time having to trade off playing that Uh, modern warfare two eventually came out. We played a whole lot of that uh, with the same friend group as well. Uh, And then we, he, I moved out for college and we didn't, we like kind of kept in touch, but we never, we kind of quit playing games at that point. And, i left the xbox 360 at home because i had gotten a playstation 3 or i was going to be getting a playstation 3 uh, very quickly right after i moved out so i didn't really feel the need to kind of carry on to it so i just left it at home and i know he played like i think battlefield 3 uh played some like racing games i think it was grid or something like that and eventually like years a couple years passed and then my junior year of college um I had gotten the call that my brother was in the hospital. Uh, there was a dragster fire explosion at the garage that he was helping out at, and unfortunately, he didn't come back from that uh, and that was really, really hard for everyone in the family and everybody who knew him and the the loss was one of those things like you 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 always hear stories about how people. Like if a certain person in like a smaller town, I mean, mean, Pittsburgh, Kansas, isn't that small. It's like 20, 25,000 people, whenever like school's in session, you always hear stories about how like the town just kind of stops for a while and like just everybody is like kind of feeling that same loss. And it was a wild thing. Um, There were people that I had talked to maybe once whenever I was younger that, came up to me and told me just these wonderful stories about him. And up, up to that point, we had like separated enough to where we became, I would say friends, um, not good friends by any means. I don't think my, me and my brother were ever close, but we definitely weren't negative towards each other anymore, which was great. But, um, yeah. And the memories that stuck out with me the most were whenever his, closer friends that I had like played games with, uh, they, they talked to me about just certain things that he would do in halo or certain things that certain funny things that happened whenever they were playing in like call of duty, public lobbies or something like that. And it was really powerful. And it was, that was one of the first times that it really solidified for me that games can bring people together. Um, at the time whenever we were playing Halo, I didn't quite fully realize it, but unfortunately it took those stories coming to me after that horribly tragic event that really kind of sold that story for me. Um, and the first thing I did whenever, um, after my brother passed was I went home and I grabbed the Xbox 360 and it still had all of the, uh, like maps and games that we would play together. And the ones that, Um, me and my internet friends would like kind of curate and we'd like share them around. And like, I would end up playing that with my brother and his friends until like super late in the morning, but yeah, it it was really almost therapeutic for me to go back and still have those kind of tangible memories of like my brother. And it, 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 it still is pretty powerful to me. Um, and just the fact that I can take those and go over. And I have done this, especially like towards later on in college, where I would just bring my 360 over to somebody's place and we would just all sit huddled around a TV and I would get to like share in those memories. And like they would kind of live again. And like people would always do really Touching things, and I don't even think they realized it. Like it always kind of warmed my heart whenever I would see somebody playing on the 360. And instead of making a guest profile, they just picked the second profile on there, which was my brother's. So it was kind of like I was getting to play that game again again with him. Excuse me. Um. Yeah. I I don't really know. I, I know I'm getting a little bit rambly, but I don't really kind of know how to end this story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think after just doing some inside deep digging, I really think that my gamer hero is my little brother. and yeah, it 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 was he was the person that showed me that games are a really powerful thing, uh, and I don't necessarily know if he ever knew that. So on that note, I think I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to not only this episode, but any other episode. If you have, thank you guys so much for sticking around for these past 100 episodes. I know it's been just an absolutely incredible honor of myself and Thomas and Derek and all of the previous and current hosts of our show and challenge mode as well. Uh, it's been a really great time to continue to bring you guys this content. And I know I speak for everyone involved with this show in one way or another that from the bottom of my heart, it just means the absolute world to us that you guys are still hanging around with us and still checking out all of our things. Um, There's a in the show information, like in the notes, there should be there will be excuse me, since I'm writing it, uh, there will be links to places where you can check out every single person who contributed to this episode. You absolutely need to give them your time and attention and admiration and whatever else you can give them. Everybody who appeared on this episode deserves at least that. They're truly wonderful people. I think of, I think the world of just about every single one of them, they do some incredible things and they're just wonderful, positive influences in the world. And I think we could always use more of that. We'll be back next week with a regularly scheduled episode. Uh, Again, big thank you to everybody who is involved with this project. I cannot thank everybody enough for helping me out with this and just offering your time and your stories and wisdom to bring this awesome thing to light. Uh, But until then, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and a better tomorrow. See you guys later.